0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full turns at mintmobile.com.
1: Coffee Break Spanish Travel Diaries, Season 2, Episode 9. Hola a todos y bienvenidos a Coffee Break Spanish. Yo soy Marc.
2: Y yo soy Marina.
1: ¿Cómo estás, Marina?
2: Pues estoy muy, muy bien hoy. ¿Cómo estás tú?
1: La verdad es que hoy estoy un poco cansado porque he trabajado un montón esta semana. Pero bueno, estoy contento de estar otra vez en el estudio contigo. Muy bien. Pues hoy vamos a otro país. We're going to a new country today in Our Travel Diaries. This is of course Our Travel Diaries series where we're following the adventures of Ainoa, Esteban and Luisa as they travel through South America and they're heading to a new country today and that new country is Chile. Chile. Van a La Serena. Entonces, como siempre, escucharemos el texto y luego hablaremos del contenido, del lenguaje, de la gramática, del vocabulario y todo. ¿Qué te parece, Marina?
2: Me pareció un plan perfecto.
1: Pues entonces vamos a empezar.
3: Los tres teníamos muchas ganas de ver Chile. Sin embargo, también nos apenaba saber que nuestro viaje estaba terminando. Eran muchos los lugares que había que visitar en Chile, pero solo teníamos tiempo para dos. Así que nuestra primera parada era La Serena, una ciudad costera. Empezamos dando un paseo por la Avenida del Mar para visitar el faro monumental. La foto que subió Luisa a Instagram era espectacular. Estuvo genial poder disfrutar de un baño y tomar el sol. Para comer, tomamos paila marina y empanadas de marisco. Había tantos platos con marisco. Más tarde, con el estómago lleno, bajamos la comida visitando la plaza Nobel Gabriela Mistral. Allí también nos adentramos en el jardín japonés, un parque de contemplación que disfrutamos muchísimo. Fue muy interesante ver un parque de estilo japonés en pleno corazón de Chile. Aunque estábamos cansados, no podíamos retirarnos sin ver La Recova, un edificio en cuyo interior estaba el mercado de la ciudad. Compramos algunas artesanías y recuerdos del viaje. Cenamos juntos en el comedor del hostal, hablando con otros viajeros y compartiendo nuestras experiencias. Antes de irnos a dormir, Esteban me dijo que, aunque el viaje estuviese terminando, esperaba que nos viésemos más a menudo. Le dije que sí.
1: Muy interesante. Uh, Yo sé que yo no he estado en Chile tampoco tú, pero pues me parece muy interesante esta esta ciudad.
2: Sí, la verdad es que yo nunca he estado en Chile, pero después de escuchar esto, me apetece mucho visitar Chile.
1: We saw me apetece, or le apetece, last time, I think, so a good use of that. Thank you very much. Let us now go back through the text and uh, we'll go through it sentence by sentence and talk about the language contained.
2: Los tres teníamos muchas ganas de ver Chile. Sin embargo, también nos apenaba saber que nuestro viaje estaba terminando.
1: Ok, entonces los tres teníamos muchas ganas de ver Chile. So, the three, we had many desires to see Chile, literally. But obviously we wouldn't translate it like that. Um, Here we're seeing all three of us really wanted to see Chile. Now, all three of us in English, um, we tend to think of that as a slightly different verb form, but here we need to use the nosotros form in Spanish. Los tres teníamos muchas ganas de ver Chile. We all wanted to see, all three of us wanted to see uh, Chile. Sin embargo, también nos apenaba saber. That's interesting. Uh, uh, the, the verb apenar... Uh, it's kind of too sadden, isn't it? It's to give you pain.
2: Yes, normally we would say nos daba pena is something that we use more frequently. But apenar is just the same thing. These are two synonyms, so we can say either dar pena or apenar.
1: Okay, and it's apenar a alguien. Entonces, me apena... It uh, gives me sadness, it saddens me to know something. Um, and here nos apenaba en the imperfect tense. So, nos apenaba saber que nuestro viaje estaba terminando, that our journey was ending or coming to an end.
2: Eran muchos los lugares que había que visitar en Chile, pero solo teníamos tiempo para dos. Así que nuestra primera parada Era la Serena, una ciudad costera.
1: Okay, eran muchos los lugares que había que visitar en Chile. So, literally, this means they were many the places which were necessary to visit or which one had to visit in Chile. Um, But the interesting thing here is that eran muchos los lugares is a slightly different way of uh, saying había muchos lugares que había que visitar or que teníamos que visitar. So there were many places, the places were many that we had to visit in Chile.
2: Yes, here we are just trying to avoid repetition of the verb haber because if we say había que visitar and había muchos lugares, it would sound a little bit repetitive.
1: Indeed, okay. Pero solo teníamos tiempo para dos. We only had time for two, given the length of their entire trip. Así que nuestra primera parada era La Serena. So therefore, our first stop was La Serena, una ciudad costera, a coastal city.
2: Uh Empezamos dando un paseo por la Avenida del Mar para visitar el Faro Monumental. La foto que subió Luisa a Instagram era espectacular.
1: Okay, so empezamos dando un paseo. We began by uh, going for a walk. Remember, dar un paseo, literally to give a walk. Um, But we we use that very commonly in in Spanish. Um, It means to go for a walk. So empezamos dando un paseo por la avenida del mar. Along the avenida del mar para visitar el faro monumental. In order to visit the monumental lighthouse. Okay? And uh, as I know I said, la foto que subió Luisa a Instagram era espectacular. So the photo that Luisa literally put up on Instagram was spectacular.
2: Estuvo genial poder disfrutar de un baño y tomar el sol.
1: Okay, estuvo genial poder disfrutar de un baño. So it was great, it was brilliant to be able to benefit from a bath y tomar el sol and to sunbathe. Now, un baño is not a bath in the sense of going to the bathroom and having a bath. It is, of course, a bathe in the sea. So they really enjoyed um, having a dip in the sea and doing some sunbathing.
2: Yeah, and we can use baño for both situations. So we can say to have a bath when you're in the bathroom and you have a shower. uh, Or we can use it if you're going to the swimming pool or to have a bath in the sea. (laughs) We would use the same.
1: Just don't take your shampoo. You might look a little bit, (laughs) a little bit strange. (laughs) Okay.
2: Para comer, tomamos paila marina y empanadas de marisco. ¿Había tantos platos con marisco?
1: Okay, so, para comer, for, for lunch time, tomamos paella marina. No, this is not paella marina, it's paella no. marina. <laughs> marina, ¿qué es paella marina?
2: <laughs> well, here they call it also mariscal caliente. Es un un guiso que se sirve caliente, entonces es un guiso que se toma con cuchara y está cocinado a base de mariscos locales. So, as we said, we are in a city on the coast. So, this is a typical dish cooked with different type of fish and seafood.
1: Yeah, so a kind of a hot seafood stew um, with with local seafood.
2: And there is something about, there's a tradition and it says that this dish is great for the hangover.
1: Oh, okay, well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't think anybody's mentioned that recently. I think it's perhaps, um, at one point Esteban had a little bit too much beer in, in Cuzco, I think, but um, that's good to know, good to know. Yeah. Okay, and, and uh, the hangover in, in Spanish is, of course, una resaca.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Muy bien. Okay, so there were there was this paila marina and empanadas de marisco, so seafood, shellfish, um, empanadas, and uh, as uh, Ainhoa says, había tantos platos con marisco. There were so many dishes with, uh, with seafood, with shellfish.
2: Más tarde, con el estómago lleno, bajamos la comida visitando la plaza Nobel Gabriela Mistral.
1: Okay, so más tarde, con el estómago llena, uh, lleno, even, uh, so later on, with a full stomach. And notice they say... Con el estómago lleno. So, with the stomach full. I think in English, we would probably personalize that and make it with our stomachs full. Or just saying, with a full stomach.
2: Yes, and that is like a really common mistake when people are learning Spanish. You normally tend to say, Me duele mi cabeza. And in Spanish, we would never say that. We just say, me duele la cabeza. Because we have me.
1: Yeah, so me, to me, hurts the head. Of course, it's your head that's hurting. You're not going to say to me hurts your head or her head or anyone else's head. Yeah. So that's why you can use just uh, la cabeza there. And here again, con el estomago lleno, with the stomach full, bajamos la comida. So we we encouraged our food to go down, basically. <laughs>
2: is when you are feeling your stomach is very full it goes down and because we we're, we're moving there so
1: so it's worth pointing out here that bajamos la comida means to make your food go down okay it's it's to help digest your food It's not downing your food. In English, we have an expression to down your food, which I guess means to to put it into your mouth and uh, put it down your throat, as it were. But here, their stomach is already full. So they've already downed their food and now they're going to make their food go down. That's (laughs) right. They're going going
2: for a walk, like to try to to stop feeling that full stomach.
1: Okay, so they they, they helped their food go down by visiting, or while they were visiting, La Plaza Nobel Gabriela Mistral. And Gabriela Mistral was a poet and a, a diplomat and a, an educator. And she has a, a square named after her in La Serena. Okay, let's continue on.
2: Allí también nos adentramos en el jardín japonés, un parque de contemplación que disfrutamos muchísimo.
1: Okay, an interesting verb here, adentrarse. So we've got entrar. In there. But it's a little more than entrar. Marina, can you help us understand what adentrarse means?
2: Yes, adentrar has the the, the feeling, it gives us the feeling of getting inside, but even more. So if you say, me voy a adentrar en este lugar, you are trying to explain that you are going deeper than if you are just going in the place.
1: Okay, so for example, we could... Entrar en la selva, to go into the forest. But if we adentrarnos en la selva, we are going really further, deeper into the forest and perhaps kind of, uh, oh, now there's a nice expression. You can say adentrarse en sí mismo, Mm -hmm. to get lost in your thoughts. So you're you're kind of getting deeper into your own mind, as it were.
2: Or even you can use it when you are reading a book and you Mm -hmm. are just loving it. You can say me estoy adentrando en este libro.
1: So you can actually get into the book that way. So me estoy adentrando en este libro. Perfecto. Pues allí también nos adentramos en el jardín japonés. So they went further into the jardín japonés, the Japanese garden. Un parque de contemplación que disfrutamos muchísimo. Uh, a contemplation park, which we really enjoyed. And that reminds me, I actually noticed on uh, my, my, my historical fo- Facebook photos this morning that I was in the Japanese uh, garden in Balboa Park in San Diego this very day last year and I was enjoying a bit of contemplation there. Uh, so that's spooky that they were in, <laughs> in the Japanese garden in, in uh, La Serena today.
2: Fue muy interesante ver un parque de estilo japonés en pleno corazón de Chile.
1: Okay, it was very interesting. Fue muy interesante ver un parque de estilo japonés seeing a Japanese-style park en pleno corazón de Chile, in the very heart of Chile.
2: And that's a super nice way to describe like the main central part of a place, Pleno Corazón.
1: (laughs) Pleno Corazón, muy bien, Pleno Corazón. Pues estamos en Pleno Corazón del episodio en este momento, entonces vamos a tomarnos una pausa, we'll take a little break here and we'll be back in just a moment. For more information about this, head to coffeebreakacademy.com.
0: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new custom spray five-in-one gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, Crannies, edges, and curves, without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom spray five and one only from Rustolium. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus.
1: Muy bien, pues estamos de vuelta and let's continue on our trip around La Serena. Por favor, Marina.
2: Vamos a continuar. Aunque estábamos cansados, no podíamos retirarnos sin ver La Recova, un edificio en cuyo interior estaba el mercado de la ciudad.
1: Ok. Eh, aunque estábamos cansados, even though we were tired, no Podíamos retirarnos sin ver la We couldn't um, go for a rest, return to the hostel or whatever, sin ver la recova. Now, una recova is, I believe, a poultry market traditionally, where you buy chickens and eggs. Yes. Okay. So it's La Recova, which is capital letters here, un edificio en cuyo interior estaba el mercado de la ciudad.
2: Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. I Like, if it was before for that, but nowadays it has become el mercado.
1: Yeah. So un edificio, a building, en cuyo interior, in whose interior, that's quite tricky, estaba el mercado de la ciudad, was the market of the city. So let's just talk a little more about this sentence because there's quite a lot in it. First of all, this en cuyo interior. It's not just en el cual. It's not un edificio en el cual, a building in which. It's un edificio en cuyo interior, in whose interior. Marina, can you give us some more examples of cuyo?
2: Sí, cuyo da un significado de pertenencia. Entonces podríamos decir Me dieron un sobre en cuyo interior encontré la clave de todo.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) So they gave me an envelope um, in whose interior um, uh, I found the the key to everything. (laughs) Okay, great example there. But there, we could simply say "Un, uh, uh, un sobre en el cual...
2: También podríamos decir en el cual. Pero estamos hablando, ahí está, como decimos, el interior. Estamos diciendo que el interior pertenece a ese sobre. Por ejemplo, si digo, hablé con una chica cuyo problema eran las matemáticas. Entonces, el problema pertenece a la chica.
1: So that verb, pertenece that Marina is using it means to belong to something, pertenecer. Um, so, yeah, there you've said uh, he hablado o hablé con una chica. una chica. I spoke with a girl cuyo problema eran las matemáticas, whose problem was maths or math. Um, so the problem belongs to that girl cuyo problema. Now, note that since cuyo is basically an adjective, it has different forms. So if we were talking about um, I spoke to a girl whose house is white.
2: Mm-hmm. Hablé con una chica cuya casa es blanca.
1: Okay, or I spoke to a girl whose books were lost.
2: Hablé con una chica cuyos libros estaban perdidos.
1: Or I spoke to a girl whose keys were under the table.
2: Hablé con una chica cuyas llaves estaban debajo de la mesa.
1: Okay, so cuyo, cuya, cuyos, cuyas, just a normal adjective in that sense. Now, the other thing I wanted to pick up on here in this sentence was this lovely word, aunque. I say it's a lovely word, but I think for lots of learners, it kind of rings alarm bells because we we see this word and we think, oh no, I don't know whether this should be followed with a, an indicative or a subjunctive. And I should say that if you are not familiar with subjunctives, then just ignore this little part. You can skip on ahead of this, just press that forward 15 second button on your podcast player and, and ignore this. Um, but if you are ready for this, then aunque, when it means even though or although, then it takes the indicative. If it means even if, then it takes the subjunctive. Now that's a kind of general rule that will work most of the time. And I think what we should do is give a couple of examples. So, even though we are tired, we are going to see la Recova.
2: Aunque estamos cansados, vamos a ver la Recova.
1: So that's the kind of thing that Ainhoa I could have said to Luisa and Esteban. Aunque estamos cansados, we all know we are tired. We've got our stomachs full. We've, we've walked through the Japanese garden and everything. We know we are tired. There's no doubt. Aunque estamos cansados, vamos a ver la recova. Okay? We could also have translated that as, uh, although we are tired, we're going to see la recova. However, if we change this slightly and think about a Future time, perhaps. And if we said, uh, whether we're tired or not, tomorrow, we will go and see la recoba.
2: Mm-hmm. Entonces diríamos, aunque estemos cansados mañana, iremos a ver la recoba.
1: So there, aunque estemos cansados mañana, even if we are tired, or whether we are tired or not, tomorrow, we don't know yet whether we're going to be tired, depends how good a sleep we get tonight. So, in that situation there is doubt, it means even if, it means whether or not, and in that situation that's when we use aunque with a subjunctive. Mm -hmm,
2: That's right.
1: (laughs) Okay, muy bien. Pues vamos a seguir con el, el resto del texto, por favor.
2: Compramos algunas artesanías y recuerdos del viaje. Cenamos juntos en el comedor del hostal hablando con otros viajeros y compartiendo nuestras experiencias.
1: Okay, so compramos algunas artesanías y recuerdos del viaje. So in the mercado they bought, we bought some artesanías, locally handmade things, our handicrafts y recuerdos del viaje and some souvenirs, some things to remember the journey, the trip. Cenamos juntos en el comedor del hostal. We eat together or we had dinner together in the the dining room, the the restaurant of the hostel, hablando con otros viajeros, speaking with other travellers y compartiendo nuestras experiencias and um, sharing our experiences.
2: Antes de irnos a dormir, Esteban me dijo que, aunque el viaje estuviese terminando, esperaba que nos viésemos más a menudo. Le dije que sí.
1: And there is our sentence of the week, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this one is full of complications, um, but let's let's go through it. And the interesting thing is we've got a perfect example of that other aunque here. So what I'm going to do is suggest that we imagine we're listening to Esteban telling Ainoa this. So she says, Before going to bed, antes de irnos a dormir, Esteban me dijo Okay, so Esteban told me that. So, Marina, tell us exactly the words that Esteban said.
2: Aunque el viaje esté terminando, espero que nos veamos más a menudo.
1: Let's just take that first part of the sentence there that you've said in the words of Esteban, live, as it were, present tense, okay? Aunque el viaje esté terminando, not está terminando, and here he's saying, even if the journey is coming to an end, at least their journey in Chile is coming to an end, but they don't know what about their their, their romantic journey, perhaps. <laughs> so even if, whether the journey is coming to an end or not, espero que nos veamos más a menudo. So I hope that we see each other more often. And that veamos is another subjunctive, and that's dependent on the espero que. I hope that. So in the present tense one more time.
2: Aunque el viaje esté terminando, espero que nos veamos más a menudo.
1: Okay, now let's add this next layer of time. And we're going to add the next layer of time because, of course, this is reported speech. What I know is, is writing is Esteban me dijo que. So Esteban told me that aunque el viaje estuviese terminando and that's where we need to take that este, present subjunctive and put it into estuviese the past subjunctive or the imperfect subjunctive and it's one of two forms we could have had estuviese or estuviera terminando there, both work. So although the journey was coming to an end or rather even if the journey was coming to an end whether the journey was coming to an end or not esperaba que nos Viésemos. And again, that's taking ber from the present into the, the imperfect subjunctive. He hoped that we saw each other, could see each other more often. So viésemos, imperfect subjunctive of ber, an alternative could be viéramos. Esperaba que nos viéramos más a menudo.
2: Yeah, that's a perfect explanation. <laughs> pues muchas gracias.
1: <laughs> y, y, y a Inoa le dije que sí, pues dijo, le dije que sí. I told him. That, yes, I agreed. I I said to him, yes, I I, I agreed. I told him, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Okay, lots of stuff in there. Listen out for these ankes as we go back through this text. Um, And hopefully, now that we've explained things, you'll be understanding that that even though or although tends to be uh, an indicative. But if it's even if or whether, then that's where you come with the subjunctive. Let's listen again.
3: Los tres teníamos muchas ganas de ver Chile, sin embargo, también nos apenaba saber que nuestro viaje estaba terminando. Eran muchos los lugares que había que visitar en Chile, pero solo teníamos tiempo para dos, así que nuestra primera parada era La Serena, una ciudad costera. Empezamos dando un paseo por la avenida del mar para visitar el faro monumental. La foto que subió Luisa a Instagram era espectacular. Estuvo genial poder disfrutar de un baño y tomar el sol. Para comer, tomamos paila marina y empanadas de marisco. ¿Había tantos platos con marisco? Más tarde, con el estómago lleno, bajamos la comida visitando la plaza Nobel Gabriela Mistral. Allí también nos adentramos en el Jardín Japonés, un parque de contemplación que disfrutamos muchísimo. Fue muy interesante ver un parque de estilo japonés en pleno corazón de Chile. Aunque estábamos cansados, no podíamos retirarnos sin ver la recoba Un edificio en cuyo interior estaba el mercado de la ciudad. Compramos algunas artesanías y recuerdos del viaje. Cenamos juntos en el comedor del hostal, hablando con otros viajeros y compartiendo nuestras experiencias. Antes de irnos a dormir, Esteban me dijo que, aunque el viaje estuviese terminando, esperaba que nos viésemos más a menudo. Le dije que sí.
1: Y ya está, our penultimate visit, our penultimate stage of the trip. And, uh, of course, we'll be back together for the final episode next time in this series when they are heading to Santiago, Santiago, uh, the capital of Chile. Okay, if you would like to get more out of this episode and indeed the whole Coffee Break Spanish Travel Diary season, then you can head over to the Coffee Break Academy and access the full course. There you can see the lesson notes where we provide additional information, additional examples of some of these tricky elements of language. And also the video version where you can practice your pronunciation by reading along with Iñoa. All of that is at coffeebreakacademy.com.
2: And as ever, we'd like to remind you that each step of the journey is being recorded on the Coffee Break Languages Instagram account. This week, we've got an impressive photo of the city of La Serena. Well, not quite as impressive as Luisa's photo of the Faro Monumental, but still pretty impresionante. Search for Coffee Break Languages on Instagram and make sure you follow us there. And if you've visited La Serena, please, tell us all about your experiences too.
1: We would love to hear all about your travels in South America. Pues eso es todo por hoy. That's it for this episode. We hope you've enjoyed it as ever. And we'll be back soon with more Coffee Break Spanish Travel Diaries. Until then, muchas gracias y hasta la próxima.
2: Hasta pronto.
1: You have been listening to a Coffee Break Languages production for the Radiolingua Network. Copyright 2021 Radiolingua Limited. Recording copyright 2021 Radiolingua Limited. All rights reserved.